Hello everybody, my name is Andrew Bowles, I'm the Senior Minister of St Mark's. It's good to be with you today, I'm going to be thinking with you about this passage that we just read from Proverbs. As you might know, we're continuing our series today, looking at the book of Proverbs, this is something that we've been doing this term, and thinking about wisdom, and how this book teaches us to live in a wise way in the world. Uh, and so we've seen over the weeks that the way of wisdom is a way with many facets, including the way that we listen to people, who are wiser than us as they teach us about how to live in the world, uh, including looking at the creation around us and how God's put wisdom into everything around us. And also, as we saw last week, that wisdom is a way that sees day to day the things that need to be done and the discipline that it takes to live a successful life. Today we're going to think, though, about a different topic or the other side of that topic, which is something that comes up quite regularly in Proverbs, which is the way of the fool. And the fool is a kind of cautionary character in Proverbs, the person who doesn't live according to the way of wisdom. And that helps us to understand more about what it means to be wise, to look at the things that Proverbs says about foolish people and the way that they live. So let's just think for a minute about what does it mean for someone to be a fool? Who is a fool? As we say that, there may be someone that you know, their face might come into your mind, perhaps someone that you know that makes bad decisions or can't be trusted. Uh, if we're humble people, maybe our own face comes into our mind as someone who can be foolish from time to time. And it is worth thinking uh, whether foolishness is a label that we can put on someone or maybe something that all of us show from time to time as a character trait. So Proverbs 26 helps us to think about what it means for someone to be foolish and gives us a few uh, thoughts and characteristics of the life of a fool and what it means to interact with someone who might be called foolish. So for instance, in verse 1, we see that a fool is someone who is not really worthy of honour or praise. It doesn't make sense to compliment them, it would say. In verse 3, a fool is someone who is almost needing to be treated like uh, an animal, someone, an irrational creature that doesn't understand the way and can only be pushed rather than led. In verses 4 to 5, we see that the fool is talked about as someone who can't really be engaged with in conversation about their life. We'll come back to those verses later because they have some interesting things to say. Uh, in verses 6 to 10, the, the fool, we're told, is someone who is basically useless in entrusting a task to them. If you give it to them, they, it won't get done. It's a waste of time. In verse 11, again at the end, we see that a fool is someone who repeats their mistakes without learning what they need to be doing. I, like a dog returning to its vomit, we hear. When I was a boy, we had a copy of the Good News Bible, which had illustrations throughout it, and I was very gratified that they did actually think to illustrate that particular verse of a dog returning to its vomit as a young boy. I found that very exciting. But Let's think more about foolishness and folly. What is it? So overall, we can see there are all these characteristics that Proverbs says here. But I think in summary, you'd say that a fool is someone who has a pattern in their life of ignoring reality around them, not actually looking at the world and the way it really works or taking that in and deciding instead to live in the world of their own mind or their own fantasies. A fool is someone who has an attitude that is resistant to wisdom, actually, which means resistant to learning, resistant to growth, resistant to taking on board the things that we need to move forward. And so they, won't, they might not learn through the easy way, through people telling them how, what they're doing and how it's wrong, or even learn through the hard way of experience and the consequences of their actions. A fool is someone who doesn't really learn that way. A fool is someone in Proverbs, I think, who relies on immediate gratification 
rather than the long-term good that they can have through a disciplined life. And we might see a fool as someone who tends to try and drag people down to their own level so that they feel justified in the way that they live. And in many respects, I think in the, in the view of Proverbs, to be a fool is really to take the perspective and the attitudes that we have as a child and extend them throughout our whole life. Now, children are not fools. Children are children. But some of the characteristics that I've described are some of the ways that children behave. And a fool then is an, is an adult who, as they grow up, doesn't leave those things behind and brings them into their whole adult life and they maintain it. So, and they become therefore a fool and don't grow in wisdom. And now that course means that all of us are fools to some extent. If we look at our lives, all of us are carrying attitudes and behaviours that we've never really grown out of or things we need to work on and grow. So a fool is not uh, a person who is completely gone and none of us are completely wise. But all of us have a temptation to pursue foolishness or to stay in ways of foolishness as we go on through life. And that's why I think that for Christians in, um, in particular, humility is seen as such a great virtue because we recognize this is the reality of who I am. There are parts of me that are still very foolish and I have temptations there. And it's a good idea to think about that as we grow. The question arises then, well, if there, are, if there is foolishness in me and in you and in everyone else, is it something that's curable? If someone is a fool, is it capable for them to not be a fool anymore? And that's a very difficult question, and Proverbs is a bit uh, sceptical about that, particularly because uh, foolishness involves a rejection of the very thing that would cure it. Foolishness involves a rejection of wisdom and the, 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 way, the way that people might bring truth into our lives. So this is where we get to the famous verses 4 to 5 in this chapter, which are seemingly a paradox or a contradiction from verse to verse. Let me read to you verses 4 to 5. Do not answer fools according to their folly, or you will be just like them. Answer fools according to their folly, or they will be wise in their own eyes. Now, I don't think that's a mistake in the Bible. I think it's two Proverbs that are weighing different, different realities. The first, in verse 4, is a bit um, more uh, pessimistic about uh, fools. Most of them says, a fool won't listen to you. If you answer them according to their folly, they'll just... Uh, You'll, you'll look like them and nothing good will be achieved. If you've ever tried to argue with someone on social media, you might have experienced this. So that's a pessimistic view. Fools really don't, aren't going to listen. Verse 5 is more saying, well, no, in some cases, it's okay. Give it a try. Fools might listen to you. And if you don't give them some perspective, they'll just think that they're wise. So those are two perspectives, one positive and one negative. The reality, though, is I think Proverbs would say it is hard for a fool to learn. It is hard for our words to get through to them and to change their perspectives. And it's likely that they may have to learn the hard way through experience and suffering to get the message. So the way of the fool, it's a difficult way, it's a dangerous way, it's a tempting way. And I think the application for us today is to realise that, yes, we are all tempted to be fools to the extent, as we looked at last week, that we're tempted to take shortcuts in life, to do the easy thing, to avoid facing reality, and uh, to do the necessary work of growth. That's hard, and it's not something that we like to do, but it's necessary if we're not to stay fools. And we're reminded then today that acquiring wisdom is a lifelong task as we move from the way of foolishness to the way of wisdom. It's important that we keep ourselves at that task throughout our whole lives. Uh, one of the sad things is when uh, someone gets to their older years and they haven't done this and they haven't necessarily become wise. It's not automatic. 
um, we might remain fools unless we take the steps not to. So it's an encouragement, I think, for us as we think about the way of the fool is to look at it. Is that the way of our own life? And what are the areas where we might see the consequences of our lives, the outcomes that teach us, perhaps I have been a fool, and perhaps I do need to listen to people who are telling me different. If things have turned out badly for me, how much of that is actually my fault and I need to seek a different way? That's a very brave decision to make and a very um, uh, courageous thing to take on to say I have been a fool and I need to learn. So I think the encouragement is that if we don't do that, we'll never move forward. I'd like us, though, to move on a bit further now from Proverbs and look at the bigger picture of wisdom and folly in the Bible. One of the things that we know about Proverbs by reading the Bible itself is that the perspective in Proverbs on wisdom and on life is, however true, a limited one, and that there are areas of the spiritual life and of the reality of the world that are outside this two perspective of wisdom and folly that Proverb gives us. For instance, the book, books of Job and Ecclesiastes actually criticise the perspective of the wisdom of Proverbs, saying it's too simple to talk about life that way. And I think also in the New Testament and in the teaching of Jesus, we see that this idea of wisdom and folly becomes a bit more uh, subtle and there are new perspectives given on it. So in Proverbs, there are two parts, the way of wisdom and the way of foolishness, two paths we can follow. I think in the New Testament we've seen there are actually three parts and different ways of thinking about this topic. So Proverbs encourages us in our own life to move from foolishness, to move from the way of the fool as we grow into the way of wisdom. There's these two ways. But what the Gospels do and what the New Testament does after Jesus is teach us that actually wisdom itself that we've grown into may be something that we need to move on from into something even different and deeper. Uh, the, I think the New Testament would teach us more clearly that wisdom itself, or what we perceive as wisdom, can become captured by the powers of the world and the sinful nature. And so wisdom can become a worldly wisdom, which is a kind of sin-infused practicality or a pride in our achievements, which then is uh, in opposition to God. So people know how to get ahead, they know how to live well, they know how to do all the things that Proverbs thinks are important, but they still miss the point. And so the Gospels actually offer a criticism of this kind of wisdom in a different way. And this is what uh, the Apostle Paul would speak about as the foolishness of the cross. So we see in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 18 on, he speaks here about how uh, the cross of Jesus interacts with the wisdom of the world. He says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligent I will frustrate. Where is the wise person? Where is the teacher of the law? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God the world through its wisdom did not know him, God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. Jews demand signs and Greeks look for wisdom but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and a foolishness to Gentiles. But to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. So you can hear here, Paul is talking about a different way of wisdom that actually 
can be called foolishness or the way of the wisdom of the cross. And it is a foolish way uh, according to the perspective of the world because it does things that we think foolish people will do. Uh, to follow Jesus and to take up the cross means to actually throw yourself into a path that involves suffering and can lead to death prematurely. It also involves repeatedly forgiving and giving people chances when they failed us, even if they don't change their behavior. And those sorts of behavior is actually part of the way that the cross teaches us, but it seems to be foolish if we think about practical wisdom in the world. But the issue is, I think, that Paul is saying this appearance of foolishness in this type of behavior, the way of the cross, is just how the kingdom of God and the reality of God's presence in the world changing people how that actually translates into worldly experience when it confronts the wisdom of the world as it is. So it's a way that says we're not about getting ahead. We're not about building up a successful life. And yes, suffering may be part of life. And that foolishness is actually real wisdom because it takes an eternal perspective rather than just the perspective of this life and what we can get. And this is a criticism, again, that's made in the Old Testament of the way of Proverbs. When the book of Ecclesiastes says that no matter how wise I am, no matter how much I have accumulated through my wisdom, in the end, death and time will overtake it all. And so what is true wisdom? And the question that Jesus would ask us, I think, is does our lives, does my life make sense? Is it wise given the reality of my own limitations, my death? And the, and the life to come. So with that perspective, what wisdom am I showing in my life? Am I following the main uh, thread of wisdom in the world and looking to get ahead and to do what needs to be done to achieve a successful life, a satisfying life? Or am I looking ahead further than that to the age to come, to the kingdom of God and the things that will uh, build me up as a person in, in God's image, in that life, in that reality? So these, you can see, it's a different wisdom. And again, I think it's something that is beyond the perspective of the wisdom of Proverbs. This is something that many people in the life of the church have taken up over the years. There's a tradition in parts of the church of what they call holy fools or fools for Christ. And these are people who intentionally take on a life that is considered foolish by the world, perhaps living uh, without money on the streets, taking life as it comes day by day and doing so intentionally to live counter to the received wisdom of the world in order to show its limitations and in many cases its bankruptcy and its corruption. Because the question we need to ask as Christians is what does it really mean to be wise in the world and are the people of the world that are successful and respectable that are seen to be wise, are they truly wise according to God? Or have, if that's our way, have we just embraced foolishness by another name and put off the reckoning with that foolishness to be on the grave. I think this is a good question for us today, and I hope that for myself and others who are listening to this, that the experience of going through a pandemic and the questions that that raises for us has brought us into closer contact with the reality of life, the fragility of the world, and the systems of wisdom that we build up, and help us to ask deeper questions. You know, what is the true wisdom that we're basing our life on? And are we willing to embrace more of the foolishness of the cross in the light of that? Because as Paul says, we learn through that, that actually, no matter how wise we are, we are still weak. But it's God's weakness in us is actually stronger than our human strength because there's a deeper wisdom that we flow in there, the wisdom of the cross.
And so I think the question today we finish is a very pointed one for us. Am I a fool or am I a wise person? Am I a fool or a wise person according to Proverbs? So am I willing to embrace the developmental challenges of life, the hurdles that I need to overcome to live a life that is wise? And do I have the courage to face reality and grow? And if I am, if I am a wise person, am I further able to embrace the foolishness of the cross and to allow that success and knowledge and strength are only passing things and that the wisdom of God is actually found most strongly when we embrace our weakness and allow him in?